The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash Florio and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Florio. F-L-O-R-I-O. Thanks for your help. Obviously, we have the draft coming up. You're in free agency. Yeah, and, you know, we've got no other news really going on. (laughs) 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 No, we are, uh, I would love to tell you everything you want to know about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, but uh, I'm under... (laughs) Secrecy, not to say anything. Yeah, somebody told Mark Murphy yeah, to shut, shut up, up after that <laughs> appearance yeah. right. eleven days ago when he said uh, when he said uh, uh, Brett Favre had a great career here. Aaron had a great career here. We'll bring him back and retire his number. And then, is there any circumstance where we'll be the starter? Well, not if things work out the way we want them to. So, yeah, that was. <laughs> hey, the we final. want a first rounder. We want was, a first rounder for that guy. That <laughs> one one thing that we had never really buttoned up. It's been a week since Aaron Rodgers did his whole. It's my intention to play for the Jets. He said the intention really percolated on Friday. Friday was the day. That Murphy said all that stuff. Ah. So there you go. Um, so, hey, but mission accomplished. It got Aaron Rodgers to want to leave. And now as they try to work it out, Mark Murphy isn't saying anything. And, and here we are, a week since Rodgers has said he wants to play for the Jets. It's my intention to play for the Jets. Nothing's happened. And people are surprised. Look, folks, it's a deadline-driven business. There is no deadline right now. There is nothing that needs to happen for the Jets or the Packers that would push this to a logical conclusion where both sides move to their final position, then negotiate and and move a little bit, make a concession here, a concession there, and you get a deal done. The draft is the deadline for the Packers. And I submit to you, Chris, that the draft may not be the deadline for the Jets because it may get better for the Jets after the draft because they're still going to get him. You still get to use... 13th overall pick in the draft. You still get to use all your other picks to make your team better this year. 
What's going to happen after the draft? Are the Packers going to say, we're not going to trade a guy who doesn't want to be here? They're still going to trade him. Right. If I'm the Jets, my deadline is to start a training camp. And maybe that's the ultimate deadline. Then yeah. Aaron doesn't have to worry about coming to the offseason program. We trade 2024 draft picks. I mean, I would call the Packers bluff as they drag their feet and say, we're here and we'll get this deal done by training camp. And people say, well, why don't the Packers just trade him somewhere else? They're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers any place he doesn't want to go to. Yeah. So if Rodgers is on board with the Jets' plan, th- that's checkmate for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yes. I mean, again, that you know, we 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 talked we hit on this last week a little bit. This is where Rodgers and the Jets have the ultimate power here. They always have this. So yeah, they're, they if you want to play the waiting game, they're they're going to be able to wait longer. They are now. It's not ideal for the Jets. It's not, you know, that that's where it, it kind of stinks. I mean, as we talked about all last year and everything there, yeah, Rodgers needs to be there. You'd like him to be there. Is it like a definite necessity? No, but again, you know, you'd like the team, the young receivers, everybody to get used to him, everybody get on the same page. You know, it's just going to make, you know, that time crunch of training camp that much harder and intense. So that's where it's not ideal. This is the... We're getting to the time of the year where you do start to kind of build the framework of the team and the culture of the team. And, you know, you start to you know become buddies with certain guys in the locker room and all those relationships get built there. Uh, they are special moments, so that's not ideal for the Jets. But, yeah, ultimately they have the most power there. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, Mark Murphy saying what he said. The confused conversation out there that people think that Aaron Rodgers should get a first round pick back for trading him. Like I, I, I'm amazed by Two how first much, round picks. I will. I saw Stephen that. A. Stephen, Stephen A. a said that. On, that man. was like crazy, right? That that's crazy. That makes no sense. I mean, and I mean anybody you talk to in football for a first round pick is crazy, but you got two stubborn sobs here too, and Gutenkust. And, and and Joe Douglas, where I don't think they're the type of personalities that are going to bend very easily here. But the whole situation is, yeah, odd, weird, whatever. They're playing hardball, and it seems personal. And come on. I mean, we've never seen this either. We don't want a team. We don't want this player. We made this bed of dysfunction here with the player. Now, he's needled us a little bit. I get it. But... Greatest player in the history of the organization, and now we're going to give him a hard time leaving, even though we don't want him. I mean, I it's it just I you know it's a low blow by the Packers. It really is. It doesn't make them look good right now. It doesn't. Not in the NFL world, at least. I think the Jets need to say to the Packers, "We are not bending. We are not budging on what you want before the 2023 draft. If you want to do this before the 2023 draft, here." is what you get. Otherwise, we will wait until after the draft. We will wait until training camp. And then simultaneously, Rodgers needs to say to the Packers, if this isn't done by training camp, I'm showing up. Yeah. I'll be there. He's got to be Bell's able to on. do that. Just like right. Brett Favre 15 years ago. Right. I'll be there. And uh, uh, because week one, remember, that's the financial hammer here. Because there's so many people out there saying the Packers have all the leverage. The Packers have all the leverage. Again, common sense ain't they don't have all the leverage and it's possible the jets have all the leverage if they decide they want to be aggressive so if Favre shows up what are they going to do 
What are they going to do? Beyond the distraction and dysfunction, what do you do? He's got a $58.3 million option bonus that needs to be exercised by week one, or it becomes base salary and explodes your salary cap for 2023. And every penny of that payment is fully guaranteed to Aaron Rodgers. There is no escaping it. You can't cut him. All you can do is trade him. And if the only team to which he's going to accept a trade is the Jets, that's the only team that's going to trade for him. Packers, you are screwed here if the Jets decide to turn the tables on you. And that's what they should do. They should make it very simple. And let's be clear on this. Step one, here's what we'll trade to do this before the draft. That's right. And then here's what we'll trade after the, after draft. the draft. And it's less than that. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Uh, hey, if they really want to go, if they really want to go full-blown butthole, what they say is, here's what we're offering today. A week from now, it drops to this. A week after that, it drops to that. A week after that, we're just going to do it after the draft. At some point, the Packers have to realize they are not negotiating from a position of strength here. The only benefit the Jets have is getting Aaron Rodgers into the building now. If he doesn't want to be in the building, if he wants cover to not be there for the offseason program, this is perfect. Oh, and maybe along the way, he'll decide on his own, Chris. I'm going to gather Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, all the other skill position players in California. We're going we're gonna to drink a little ayahuasca, and then we're going to go out and run around on the football field. I'm going to get to know the guys, and I'm going to send some notes back through back channels to yeah. Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett yeah. as to what these guys do and don't do well, what Patrick Mahomes did last year to help make the difference with a new offensive system, at least new offensive players in Kansas City. So there's a way for the Jets to take charge of this and really put the Packers in a spot where they just are going to cry uncle and be done with it now instead of later yeah uh, uh agreed there you know that that's that's something that you know i really felt from the beginning you know i know that little you know the option bonus and all that confused the situation a little bit but yeah ultimately the balls in and 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 rogers and the jets court and it, it is and you know and the other thing too is where you know i, I think the to your point and everything there's nobody else out there. There's not going to be another market. So this is the only team. This is it. You know, nobody is nobody. They've all the teams have moved on. There's not going to get Aaron Rodgers. There's not going to be, you know, a team that's a, can plan accordingly to necessarily accept his money or cap charge there. So yeah, that's, that's it. It doesn't make sense business wise. And it seems ultra petty personal right now with, you know, the whole situation. And they're sticking it to Aaron Rodgers that way. Um, but, yeah, ultimately he could stick it to them worse than they can to him. And, you know, they better watch it. They better watch it. You want to create the maximum level of loyalty from Rodgers? You want to forge a bond that's going to be unbreakable? You maybe want to get two years out of him instead of one? If they stand up and stick a middle finger straight into the eye socket of the Green Bay Packers, Rodgers is going to love them. That's another reason to do it. Rodgers would love to have someone fight the Packers on his behalf. Yeah, I mean, he right. doesn't want to get too down and dirty with them. But if the Jets do exactly what I've laid out, and this is something, for better or worse, it's not like we sit around and have meetings. Hey, let's say this, and then I'll say this, and you'll say this, and let's pretend to argue about that. Oh, that's a good point. I'll act, like, I'll act like I'm surprised by you saying that, and I've never heard it before. 
we just show up and start talking. I had never considered until we got into the conversation today this idea of the Jets aggressively turning the tables on the Packers. But I like it, and I'm going to write something later today, and I'm going to be copy-paste, snarky commenting my own content for a change and saying this is what the Jets should do. And I'm convinced of it, Chris. This is what they should do. This is the ultimate New York attitude. Are you not the New York Jets? They say you're the New Jersey Jets, but the same attitude in New Jersey. Either way, act like your fans would act. Stand up and do what a Jets fan would do. Give the middle finger to the Green Bay Packers. Tell them to, as the Giants fans in London said, notoriously, shove that feckin' cheese up your ass. Or what, what, it, what you know, or your good fellas phrase that you always like. What do they say? You know? Oh. F you pay me. Right. F you trade me. Feck you trade me. That's yeah. a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fits right perfectly. Yeah. That's the New Jersey way too. I like it. So I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, but yeah, Mike, I mean, again, I thought your article and I don't know what you wrote that on Friday. That was spot on, you know, you know, and kind of similar to how I felt throughout the whole process as well. And you laid it out perfectly to where, yeah, it, it it ultimately, I don't know what everybody's thinking and what everybody's looking at. And and then, at, you know, to think that Rodgers is worth the first-round pick or two first-round picks. At this point of his career, $60 million, might only play one year, not a top-five quarterback in football anymore. I think when you add that, the crazy talk behind the trade. And then, like, listen, the Rams – uh, supposedly turned down better deals for Jalen Ramsey because they wanted to do good by him. He was there for, what, three years? Look at what Green Bay's doing to Aaron Rodgers. And and they're the ones that drafted and didn't let him know about Jordan Love and did this and started the problem. Again, that's what I'd just like to remind everybody. Yeah, he's been a little pain in the butt on the way, which he should have been. Like He was very justified to be a pain in the butt along the way after that happened. So, uh, yeah, this makes me think less of the Packers overall. It really does. What I've said from the get-go, and this is easier for the Jets to argue after the 2023 draft because the Brett Favre trade happened well after the 2008 draft, so they could do a formula for the 2009 draft based upon what happens with Brett Favre and the Jets in 2008. If he plays less than 40% of the snaps, or less than 50%, excuse me, if Rodgers plays less than 50%, it's a fourth-round pick. If he plays 50 it's a third-round pick. 70 and they make the playoffs, it's a second-round pick. 80% of the snaps and they make it to the Super Bowl, it's a first-round pick. Just use that. Just dust off that formula for Favre and use it for Rodgers. That is fair. That is equitable. And if you want to add a pick in 2025 based on whether or not he plays in 2024, so be it. So be it. That's fair. And I think the Jets would be willing to do that. I think the Jets are willing to be fair. I think the unreasonable party here is, is the, Packers. the Green Bay Packers. Exactly and, right. Hey, look, we say this We say this knowing full well we'll probably never get Brian Gutekunst again at the scouting combine or wherever we may be. Matt LaFleur, that ship sailed. That's fine. we got to speak the truth to the audience. And the truth is the Packers are being unreasonable. The Packers are being irrational. And the best thing the Jets could do is act like one of their fans. And and get aggressive with the Green Bay Packers and lay out. Here's how it's going to be. You, yeah, it's my way or the Long Island Expressway. Do you think? Do you think Green Bay got scared a little? You know, did they, do you think that they thought Rodgers was going to retire? Right? Do you think they thought that? And then you know, do you think they got scared? 
as far as once he kind of said, okay, wait, I'm, I'm, I have intent to play for the Jets, and then you know, also just looking at the Jets roster, you know, did they, they are they a little intimidated about what the potential of the Jets and Rodgers could be to, to kind of the what you're talking about right there? I mean, the Jets, let's not, you know, it's a top five defense. We know the offense has got some weapons. The O line needs to be improved just a little bit, sure, but they got everything. I mean, they're ready. You know, I just I wonder if that plays into this too. Yeah, we want to stick it to Rodgers. We didn't think he was going to play. Oh. Damn, the Jets want him, and wow, let's look at the Jets roster. Holy crap, they're good. You know, they could be really good in a major player in the Super Bowl conversation. I, I wonder if that gave them a little bit of a cold feet in this situation as well. Well, think of it this way. I believe last year Aaron Rodgers was seriously considering going to the Denver Broncos where he would be united, reunited, yeah. not even a break with Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett right. leaves to become the head coach, and Rodgers follows. I believe that he shied away from it because if you go to a place where the deck is stacked in your favor and you fail to win a Super Bowl, the narrative pivots from it's the Packers' fault that Aaron Rodgers was only ever in one Super Bowl to maybe it's Rodgers' fault. And I think the flip side for the Packers, and this may be the epiphany they've had, uh-oh, this guy goes to New York. They have a pretty good team. They're not regarded generally and widely as a Super Bowl contender, even though maybe they should be. You add a competent quarterback, all of a sudden they are. If they get to the Super Bowl, even if they don't win it. If yeah, they get, if they get to the in Super year Bowl, one, right. Rodgers in one year. You're right. Then, then the narrative that it is our fault. Yeah. It's our fault. That's what See, I'm they'd saying. they'd rather him retire. Right. That, it's always – this is what – remember when Jim Ursay told – what's the actor's name? Rob Lowe that, that Peyton Manning was going to retire in 2012 and for like 15 minutes on a Wednesday afternoon in March, Rob Lowe was an NFL insider right. who said Peyton Manning was going to retire. I think Jim Ursay was trying to, to manifest that. It's always better to have that great player – Walk away from you and don't go anywhere else because then you don't have to worry about, ooh, is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? We don't, we don't want to worry about it. Now, Seahawks fans are thrilled that Russell Wilson struggled in Denver, but if he turns it around this year, they're going to be fretting about it. Maybe not as much as they would have last year. But my point is it's always better for the guy to retire, and I think the Packers would have preferred that he retired, but he was never retiring. Two reasons. One, $60 million fully guaranteed. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Two, if you retire now, you are special guest star Aaron Rodgers at the Tom Brady Canton Enshrinement Weekend five years from now. And if you think that doesn't matter, you don't know how petty these guys can be and how sensitive they can be to appearances and impressions. And the last thing Aaron Rodgers wants to do is be Tom Brady's caddy at Canton Weekend <laughs> in 2028. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he doesn't want that. Uh, and uh, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it can't be, he has to have that in the back of his mind and realize that let alone, Hey, listen, we know he's still at an age where he's got some, some good years left and he could play. And I, I think, I think we hit the head on the nail or the nail on the head a little bit there with this conversation. Thank you. I got it right. Oh, too bad. You saved. Damn. Me. Sorry. Sorry for having a brain today. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go and take a break. Yep. We, uh, we've got plenty more to get to, not as much as we thought, just because we've spent a lot of time solving all the other problems in the NFL. When we return, Austin Eckler speaks some truths about running back contracts next here on PFT. Around any corner. 
Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Stop being Dr. Dooms, okay, Dr. Doom? No, I'm not being Dr. Doom. My son was young three or four right and i was trying to hug my wife right and he told me to get go your find own, your own get mommy. your own mom yeah. get your own mom that's right i said to my son my mother's dead <laughs> yeah. how's that make you feel yeah oh no yeah, I, I was gonna say whoa you're throwing shots like that as a four-year-old you really are some snarky bastard <laughs> oh, oh, that my <laughs> I really didn't say that. I really didn't say. Oh, that. you did. He did Damn. tell me to get my own mom. No, he did tell me to get my own mom, and I thought, well, my mom's dead, but uh, I didn't want to traumatize him any more than just my presence <laughs> in the household did. Anyway, we got heckled by Miles Simmons when I said that because Miles couldn't believe that I actually said that on the air. He just assumed that we weren't on the air when I said that. That I wouldn't have said something like that into a live microphone but uh but i did but i didn't actually say that to my son all right some things that austin eckler had to say about his request for a trade from the la Chargers. here he is from Greenlight with chris long talking about the realities of being a running back and trying to get paid in the national football league yeah i think it's i think it's actually really important to kind of put out there that it's not like oh, I hate the Chargers and I need to get out of this organization and, and I need to leave. Like, that's that's couldn't be further from the truth. Like, I would like to stay if, if it was under the right circumstances. Um, and obviously, I have one more year on my contract there, so I'm contractually obligated to play for them for this upcoming year. Um, and so we're in a situation where it's like, look, we have no guarantees or anything like that this year. So kind of in a spot where, you know, I've been outplaying my contract and, you know, we might have an opportunity to go seek out other options. You know, um, that can can bring me up if because, you know, that was it was put out there that the Chargers kind of put a block on the talks of extension. And so I was like, OK, well, if 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 you don't see me in your long term future right now, then give us the opportunity to go talk, talk and see if someone else might look, man, like I'm I'm so underpaid right now yeah. as far as my contract and what I contribute to the team. It's like I am I am relentlessly pursuing this like yeah. I, I want to get something long term done. I want a team that wants me long term. 
He's due to make $6.25 million this year, and actually that's the average that Miles Sanders is getting per year on the contract he signed with the Panthers. He's the free agent running back who got the best contract this year so far. It's unlikely that anyone else is going to get more than that. You've got guys in the eight figures who did long-term contracts when their opportunity arose. Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Right. And I would say the long-term futures of those guys are, are in question. All four of them, short-term and long-term, their futures are in question. And you know what? Derrick Henry hasn't been traded. Why hasn't he been traded? Nobody wants to pay eight figures to a running back. Dalvin Cook hasn't been traded. Nobody wants to pay eight figures to a running back. Joe Mixon still on the Bengals. Who knows how long that's going to last. So the reality is, and this is something that you and I talked about, and this is on my list of things to get to, this idea that you had a week or so ago, some sort of a league-wide fund that rewards running backs financially in their first three years or four years when they're stuck with a slotted rookie contract and they can't get the money that they are earning then. By the time they get to the point where they get their second contract, a lot of them are already chewed up and spit out. For Austin Eckler, he got a second contract, but he's better than what his second contract would suggest. And you know what? The other side of it is, even though he adds a lot to the team and he's a key player, dollar for dollar... It's not the same value as a pass rusher or a quarterback. So running backs, even the best, who are key players on the team, they just get less because the teams realize we can find somebody else who can do something close to what this guy is doing for a lot less than what we're paying him. And I think that's what the Chargers are banking on. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, you you, you know, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a market that, you know, GMs and coaches, for the most part, don't want to – they look at that as a waste of money to spend, you know, eight eight figures on the the running back position. You know, now there's value to it. We saw a Christian McCaffrey player like that. What he does, you know, for the 49ers and what he made them. You know, he's special. Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, you can argue about it all that, but what? I mean, damn, he's the Tennessee Titans. He's the guy. That's where I think it's a little unfair too. You know, so yeah, you just don't know how long it's going to last. But like we keep saying, oh, we don't know how long it's going to last. And then here's Derrick Henry. It's what, year eight, year nine we're going get to get into here. But something's got to be done. And Austin Eckler's like the perfect poster child for this conversation. I mean, $6 million. He led the team in rushing and receiving, everybody. This is the Chargers. They were, what, a top 10 offense in football around that? He led the team in rushing and receiving. He's making as much as Miles Sanders. That's not fair, right? He deserves more than that. I mean, he's making as much as, you know, as guys that are not even in the same class as him as, as far as a football player is concerned. So, yeah, good for him. I don't know realistically how much more money he's going to get out get out there. Hopefully he can get something better, but he's not going to break the bank. And that's where he gets into... You know, Mike, even with this, even with Austin Eckler, forget the slotted rookie contract. Something has to be done for this guy, too. Wait, you touch the ball that many times, you get hit that many times, you know, you're that important to a football team, you play the running back position. I would love to see the league find a way to even give a guy like Austin Eckler a sweetener. I know $6 million is a lot of money, you know, but not in the not in the, the market of the NFL world. It's not. And... 
that's where you know again, it, like you explained very well, it's just unfair to these guys the, the 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 blows their body takes, and then they just don't get rewarded the right way. Here's a little more from Austin Eckler talking to Chris Long about the state of the running back market in the NFL. What what's your mindset on that, and like how do you feel like that that running back position is being undervalued if if it is? Bro, it's it's brutal out here, man. Yeah. Like it's it's terrible. Yeah. As far as the running back market and how we're getting treated right now. Yeah. Um, and look, I get it. Like I I 100% get it. Like there is more risk within paying running backs, but when you have a running back that makes it to the season is able to contribute, like it's so much value to your team and gives you so much more depth to what you yeah. can do as an offense. Um, that like it's like there's more value than what I think has been given out to. Um, you know, some of these guys you talk about get franchised. Um, and so it's also been unfortunate because of some of the bigger injuries to some of these guys. And so I get it, you know, and I've been, I've been thinking about ways. I'm like, man, is it like a different, is it like, is it like, what is it like shorter contracts? Like, what do we got to do to get paid as running backs to our actual value and not just be getting like, you know, a few mil when we're out here, like I said, literally scored 20 touchdowns last year, 1600 all purpose yards, right? Like, and I can't get an extension. You're like, you don't want me here. Like, yeah. like wait a minute. I'm, am I missing something here? I'm, like, what am I missing? So it, it's confusing and frustrating at the same time. Well, and here's the other side of it. We sympathize with the plight. We believe that there should be something baked into the system to reward these guys as they are playing early in their careers and generating that yardage and getting very low contracts. But the teams just don't value the position. They look at it and say, if it's not him doing it, it will be someone else. We'll find someone else. We can find a running back anywhere. The supply outweighs the demand. That's the basic problem. That's, That's problem. why running backs don't get more money. There are too many guys who can run the ball effectively. If all of a sudden the well of running backs dried up and there weren't any, they would be getting paid more. Not every team would have a great running back. I mean, look at it this way, Chris. He's been available to shop himself in trade, where where, where no, has been a single report of any team interested in trading for Austin Eckler and giving him the contract he wants? It's not going to happen. No, it's I feel not. bad for him, but he needs to understand, and this goes back to Ben Tate, the former Auburn running back who played for the Texans and other teams. He eventually said, if I had to do it all over again, I'd play a different position. That is the message. Don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. Find a different position for these great athletes, best athlete on the field, arguably, when they're young. Just give the ball to him. It's easy to be a football coach of a bunch of nine-year-olds when you just give the ball to the best athlete on the field and off he goes and nobody can touch him. And you get pigeonholed into that position and it never changes. When you're coming up through the ranks, you've got to be willing to say, I'm the best athlete on the team. Here's the position that I'm going to play. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, agreed. I think it is happening, but it's it's going to be a tough thing to you know bake out of the system. You know, again, still because there's going to be that awesome athlete just going to go. Wait, I want I want to be running back. I want the ball all the time. Give me the ball. But yeah, it's a it's a important career decision that football players who believe they have a future to maybe go to the NFL have to think about a little bit. Yeah, Austin Eckler. If he was a slot receiver, he'd be in a totally different position right now than what he is. You know, we're seeing we're in an era where only the special running backs get paid. And even with that, after two or three years of them being paid, the team started to go, whoa, wait, oh, I don't know. Maybe we could find a, a less expensive option. And then you explained it right, too. I mean, the market's flooded with these guys, you know, 
yeah, okay, hey, here's Austin Eckler who can run up the middle on this play for six yards. Okay, well, if we don't have a guy as good as him, okay, so we got four and a half, five yards. Okay, that's still not the worst, you know. Oh, wait, he's awesome at catching the ball out of the backfield. Well, we'll find a way to, you know, get some of those plays, but we'll use our slot receiver now and do that. And that's where they've become, you know, a hair expendable from that conversation of what we're talking about. So it's a it's a in-depth conversation we're having here, and, and there's a lot to flush out. But at the end of the day, yeah, we'd like to see them compensated more, but – you know, you certainly understand the logic of NFL football teams who are running a business and people's asses are on the line and why they don't want to give money out to that position. It's it's a tough one. It's supply, it's demand, and it's the reality that the injury rate is so much higher. And it's not because of the player, it's because of the position. So you don't want to have that one guy, the Sean Alexander effect, the guy who becomes the superstar. The guy who you have to keep, you have to sign him. You can't let Sean Alexander leave in free agency. Remember when the Cowboys did it with DeMarco Murray? He set the franchise single-season rushing record, and they said, see you later. Right. And they went with, who's the guy? Darren McFadden. They went yeah. with Darren McFadden. He had 1,000 yards. He was the bridge to Ezekiel so Elliott. Ezekiel right? Elliott, Speaking yeah. of Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott gone in Dallas, Ronald Jones in, which – Makes it even more likely that Elliott won't be back. But look, Elliott's available. Where's the land rush for Ezekiel Elliott? Where's the land rush for Leonard Fournette? There are guys out there, guys available in trade, guys available as free agents. The supply outweighs the demand. And here's the reality. And Austin Eckler, I mean, I feel bad for your plight. There's another crop that is five weeks away from joining the NFL with full tread on the tires, with slotted rookie contracts. They are the Austin Ecklers, Derrick Henrys, Ezekiel Elliott's, Dalvin Cooks of tomorrow. That's the reality. We didn't. He- we never heard of most of these guys six, seven years ago. Six, seven years from now, it'll be a whole new list of running backs that are trying to get paid while a new crop is coming in. That's the way it goes because there are just too many of them. That's it, plain and simple. So Ronald Jones joins Tony Pollard and whoever else they're going to have in the backfield while Ezekiel Elliott waits for an opportunity to materialize. Yeah, yeah, I mean, young, fresh legs, right? Ronald Jones, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of wear and tear. Tony Pollard, you don't know where he's going to be to start the year. I wouldn't be shocked if they added another running back to the conversation. Again, you know, I do, I mean, I hear you with the Zeke Elliott thing. I wonder if this matters or not. You know, if Zeke was willing to come back for a one-year minimum with a few incentives or whatever else, you know, I, I still wouldn't be shocked to see that happen to give them a little more depth. And, hey, the one thing I'll say about Ezekiel, oh, yeah, he shouldn't get as many carries as he has or, you know, shouldn't in the future, but he's still got some value as a short yarded running back. That's where he can be good. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there is going to be a market for Ezekiel Elliott. That's not going to happen. And, I mean, even, you know, with Ronald Jones, it's a one-year deal. I'm sure it's minimal money, but smart move to kind of help their roster out, especially with the state of Tony Pollard right now. Later in the show, we're going to have a draft of the best backfields currently in the NFL. But the reality is there are always going to be great running backs. Most of them are going to put their best numbers up when they're stuck with the low pay they get on the way in. And we really need to do something. The NFL needs to care enough and the union needs to care enough to come together and come up with a way to get these guys better compensated when they are putting their best product out there before they get caught in this mess that Austin Eckler's in where he's trying to get paid. All right, let's take a break. When we return, the Panthers sending basically an entire football team, 11 people to Ohio State to scout their potential next quarterback. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. 
C.J. Stroud at the Combine will have his Pro Day workout. The Panthers sending 11 representatives to see what Stroud can do in person. And Chris Sims has Stroud as the number one guy in the class. The betting market changed dramatically after the Panthers got the first overall pick. That's the guy that people tend to believe the Panthers will ultimately decide is their guy at number one or number two if they get cute and flip-flop with the Texans if they think the Texans are going to take Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I mean, again, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think the Panthers know yet, right? That's why they got the number one pick, so they can do their homework. But, CJ, to me, it's going to come down to two people, right? I don't – you know, Anthony Richardson, he's a freak of nature, but he's just a little too raw to be number one. And, yeah, listen, I understand. He could be a superstar. You know, Will Levis, man, it's too risky to take the number one, too. It's, it's raw. He's got a strong arm. But, man, the ball can be all over the place. Decisions aren't the best. Pocket, in the, in, you know, in the pocket, not the best. It's going to be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. You're committing political suicide if you go any other one than those two. They're by far the safest bet. And C.J. Stroud is, to me, even – farther you know a safer bet than than Bryce Young because of the size and that lack of an elite trait by Bryce Young CJ Stroud has it all he really does the only thing missing is like we talked about maybe a little bit more of a backyard element that you see he can do you know so that he just has to grow in that department but uh hey they're gonna do their homework send the whole contingency up there and really scout this guy out and I'm sure have everybody talking to every person in that Ohio State football organization there to glean anything they can about the guy behind the scenes. Yeah, look for every piece of information to either confirm what you're thinking or cause you to have second thoughts yeah. as you consider your various options. It's great to have options until you got to pick one. Then it can be a problem. you got that menu. You can only have one meal, and at some point that's what the Panthers are going to be doing. Cam Newton giving us all a look at what he can still do yesterday at Auburn's Pro Day through 30 passes. Now, he was thrown to his younger brother, Kalen Newton, who's a draft prospect out of William & Mary, but this was about Cam trying to get the attention of the NFL. And, you know, this is no different than the OBJ group workout, the Colin Kaepernick group workout. If somebody was interested in Cam Newton, they could bring him in at any time for a workout. If he, Come show us what you can do, Cam. Come show us what you can do, and we'll evaluate you and decide whether or not to sign you. But this gets back to what we were talking about yesterday. The idea that Cam's got the big personality, he takes over a locker room, you better be ready for that. If you're going to sign Cam Newton to be the number two or even the number three to your starter. I mean, he's already saying there aren't 32 guys better than me. That means, clearly, whoever the starter would be on the team where he's the backup, in his mind, he's better than that guy. Yeah, right. Uh, that, that's right. I mean, listen, I love the confidence. I do. And as a player, a quarterback, you have to think that way. Yeah, I don't think he's one of the, you know, top 32 anymore by any stretch of the imagination. No, he's put nothing out there in his last, you know, few opportunities of playing for us to think that anymore. So I, I am a little bit of like, I have to see it to believe it. You know, I understand, hey, you do this, it kind of gets him on the radar a little bit more. You know, hopefully some teams will, oh, wow, he did look pretty good. Let's, you know, put his name up on the board here in the scouting department just in, in case something happens. There is that. Certainly, I, but but I also will say, you know, I didn't love that he did that yesterday. I don't love it. I mean, to the point of you just made about him being the backup quarterback. I didn't hear one thing about the Auburn pro day except for Cam Newton. They got some good players, some big time players. 
You know, that's where I was just like, why? Why, Cam? You could have your own workout tomorrow. At, you could have had it today at Auburn. And everybody would have been there, and you'd had a few teams that would have stayed, and you wouldn't have overshadowed some of these guys, their moment to go to the NFL. I didn't love that part of it. I'm not going to sit here and judge too critically, uh, but I think it speaks to, again, what the point you were making. When Cam Newton's there, it becomes a spectacle, and that's what could scare people away from having him as a, as a backup quarterback. I said something earlier that is technically incorrect. I said if any team signs him to be a backup, he's necessarily going to believe he's better than the starter. That's not the case. There may be some teams where that would be the reality. But what about Cam Newton being the backup on a team where the starter is an unquestioned franchise guy? Yeah. And he's there in the event that the starter gets injured. He's there just to to, to just get himself back in the NFL. He wants to be in the NFL. How about the Buffalo Bills? Sure. Wouldn't that make sense to have Cam Newton as the backup? You want to match the skill set as best you can of the starter. Hell, the Eagles would have made sense. That definitely. That's what I would, yes. Backup Jalen Hurts. Right. The Eagles would have made sense. You go to a place where you're clearly not number one, your skill set matches the guy who is, and then you're the one who comes in if everything goes to hell. What about the Chiefs? Chad Henney retired. Yeah. Who's their backup? No, I, I hear what, you. How about the Chiefs? Be the number two to Patrick Mahomes. You can't say you're better than Patrick Mahomes, but you can go be part of that team, and and maybe they'll find a way to sprinkle you in a little bit, throw you into the offense, use the Cam Newton skills and abilities to have a little fun like the Chiefs do, be part of something bigger than you, and go get that Super Bowl ring that you almost had back in early 2016. Yeah. I kind of like that idea of either being the backup to Cam uh, to being the backup to Josh Allen or the backup to Patrick Mahomes. That, well, I think it's that that to me, you know, is logical where your mind's at. That, that to me is going to be, you know, that would be the kind of spots that would make sense and you're right. I mean, he's not going to be better than those guys or never be able to show them up. You know, so though, you know, even you, know, you get into the Chargers with Justin Herbert, same conversation there a little bit. The Bills one, though, yeah, I mean, there's a similar skill set. And like to what you're seeing with how Mariota was signed by, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they went the side of, wait, when we have our backup in, let's be able to run the same offense we always run instead of having to go to the Gardner Minshew offense. And that's where that logic is. But, yeah, I think you said a lot of right things there. Be interesting to see if anybody, you know, pulls the trigger on him and actually, you know, makes this happen. But, hey, he looked good. He looked in shape from the throws I did see. You know, his arms still look strong. He still can spin it, definitely. Uh, but, man, he didn't play football. You know, he hasn't played football in a while. And quarterback is not easy to play and, and just jump on the bike and keep it going. And then, you know, of course, he's, his age and his skill set's a little different, too. So there's some factors working against him in this, in this conversation, too. Josh Allen's backed up by Matt Barkley and Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen's just guy signed who joined him, right? this year with Case Keenum going back to the Texans. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs have, sorry, a couple of a couple of guys that I would even have to do research on how to pronounce their names. That's how low they are on the overall quarterback pecking order. So uh, that's that's where the Chiefs are, and I think it would make sense if he really wants to do it, and the team is interested. That's the right place for a Cam Newton because the starting job just isn't going to be there, and maybe it wouldn't be there if he comes back and he's a backup for a year or two. But you know, th- this is what we talk about with the, the franchise quarterback, the Joe Flacco approach. You take that four or five million dollars for as long as you can get it 
as deep as you can into your 30s sure. if you can be a backup quarterback in the NFL. What else out there is going to pay you anything close to that kind of money? All right, let's take a break. When we return, did we almost see a retired quarterback play for the 49ers last season? And we're not talking about Phillip Rivers. More PFT Live right after this. I was really comfortable with my decision. I never wanted to – I think – I would say this. Last year, there were some truths to the Niners thing, um, just wow. just in the sense that they were, I think, reaching out for some – just to maybe gauge my interest. Right. And so I, I, I had discussions. With, and so, you know, that's all. I, I, I don't want to sit here and say that I was going or anything like that. They called to gauge interest, okay? I had conversations with my agent, with my wife, uh, my family, um, prayed a lot about it. And, and, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say there wasn't, like, a small part of me that was intrigued. Like, oh, man, I could, you know, I, I could still do it. Like, prove to people, right, that I could still play. But at the end of the day, um, I was – I just can't see myself in anything other than black and gold. And I think that honestly was kind of my even, – even though they had a great chance, I think, to win a Super Bowl, I, I, it would have been hard for me to go try and win a Super Bowl anywhere else but here. So, at the end of the day, it was the smallest little bleep in my heart to go play again. Ben Roethlisberger disclosing yesterday to Mark Madden of 105.9 The X in Pittsburgh that he had discussions with the 49ers. Not clear how serious they were. Not clear how serious the interest the 49ers had in him was. They went from Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo gets injured during the Dolphins game. Brock Purdy comes in and gets it done. It had to have been right in that time frame while they're trying to decide, do we ride with Purdy? Do we see what else is out there? Do we do our due diligence? Do we make a couple of phone calls? Is Philip Rivers really retired? Is Drew Brees really retired? Is Ben Roethlisberger really retired? And Roethlisberger, yes, he's really retired. And I, I, you know, if they, if they had made a huge financial offer, I don't know. I mean, if it was really serious, I don't know. Why wouldn't you consider it? You got a little gas left in the tank. It's a team that's elite, a team that could take you to a Super Bowl. You could walk right in the door. I still am waiting for one of these retired quarterbacks to do it. I thought Favre would do it at one point. I think Brady's going to do it. Drew Brees almost did it with the Saints in 2021. One of these years, Chris, one of these retired quarterbacks is going to jump off the couch mid-late season and come back and get it done. So Roethlisberger was a possibility we didn't know about until yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I'm not shocked to hear it. I'm not. You know, first off, this is, hey, Shanahan, Lynch, they're well thought out. They are. You know, as we've talked about a lot, Shanahan's a great communicator. And I would imagine that these were a contingency plan. You know, you kind of laid it out, right? They were in a weird time there with the Lance Garoppolo injury. Okay, let's, you know, get on the bat phone here. And see what uh, what you know who we can talk to, and hey, if something else happens to us, if Brock Purdy gets hurt, or if Brock Purdy Purdy plays here and then really looks bad through two or three games, and we go, whoa, he's overwhelmed, he can't do this, we might have to make that offer to Ben Roethlisberger that's a little bit more expensive than we would like, or whatever. But I understand that thought. I mean, again, I think they were probably panicked a little bit. You know, and that, whoa, is we don't have depth at the position, let alone a, rook, a rookie quarterback. And then what happens if he goes down? What are we going to look like? And I would imagine that's why, you know, we've heard the conversations of Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, at least those guys, yeah, not tip-top awesome players anymore, but can run the offense, know where to go with the ball, and can play the game a little bit. 
and then around a really good team like you're explaining there, they can look better than maybe they actually are. Uh, and and so I'm I'm not shocked to hear Shanahan and company, you know, reaching out at least to protect themselves that way. That's the key, though. When you get down to your third quarterback, you better have a fourth and you better have a fifth. That's you right. never know how many you're going to need by the time the season ends, and you may end up in a game where you don't have a third quarterback dressed and you needed him that day, and we saw what happened to the 49ers then. Let's take a break. When we return, we've been talking about running backs. We have a draft today that will delve into the best backfields currently in the NFL, and you will see through our struggles to come up with enough teams There really aren't many that jump off the page in 2023. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after. Great draft, an underwhelming running back draft. Atlanta facing a third down and one and a half. Line waits on the snap. Staggered stands. He'll take it. A blitzer coming. And Hightower gets to the quarterback. Ball is loose. You can't free it. Sacking. Ryan and recovering at the 25. One of the key moments from Super Bowl 51, 28-3, became an overtime win for the Patriots. Dante Hightower making that hit. Retires after... 11, 12 years in the NFL, so congratulations to him on a great career, and what a moment that was, a moment to never forget for any football fan. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, a really cool moment, and and like, you know, Dante Hightower, Mike, is one of those guys that I think we talk about a lot, like not going to go to the Hall of Fame, you know, but like one of those guys 10 years from now when you bring up his name, you're going to go, damn, he was a hell of a player, I forgot about him, but damn, he was good. You know, certainly a, a Patriot Hall of Famer. I think he goes down that, that list of guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I look at that moment there, Mike, and, you, you know, you, you, smart quarterback of the defense, giant human being. I mean, has to watch what he weighed, eat to weigh 270 at middle linebacker. That's what kind of guy we had here. But I think of that moment there and then also Super Bowl forty nine. The amount of times he tackled Marshawn Lynch, and all year I'd go, Marshawn Lynch usually would break that or got five more yards after contact, and he stopped right there or caught a ball out of the backfield, and he tackled them on the spot and all that. You know, a legend of the sport. Won't be a Hall of Famer. Damn, he's a good football player. All right, our draft for today. The best backfields currently in the NFL, and it illustrates our point that there really aren't a lot of great awesome, obvious choices, and some of the best running backs for 2023 may be not yet drafted. We'll see how it all shakes out. But as of right now, snapshot, best running backs, best backfields in the NFL. Chris, you're up. Well, I'm going to go with the 49ers right off the bat. I mean, they just have a stable of guys. I mean, one, I mean, yeah, we know that Christian McCaffrey's there, right? So that's damn good. All right, Elijah Mitchell, what he brings to the table as far as, of course, is impressive and, I mean, was their starter until he started getting banged up, and I think that's what made them trade for him. And then when you get into, you know, the rest of the crew there, they got, you know, Tyron Davis-Price, who they drafted last year, so there's some depth. Jordan Mason showed he could play. 49ers, to me, have the best all-around, you know, backfield as far as running backs are concerned in the NFL. And they've got the commitment to the, the run. run right it's such an integral part of yep. what they do you just put in the interchangeable pieces you can throw Debo Samuel in there as well and you have a great backfield that really is the best right now in the National Football League I'll I'll assume that 
the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. I'll assume that Brees Hall is going to be good to go after tearing his ACL last year, and he'll be the guy that he was last year. And I'll go with the Jets. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Bam Knight, especially if you've got Aaron Rodgers backing the safeties away from the line of scrimmage and opening up the running lanes if they will have a sufficient commitment to the run in New York. Yeah, I I, I hear you there. I mean, I think when you couple like, you know, uh, Brees Hall along with Michael Carter and all that, I mean, that's that's a damn good group right there. So I'm not mad at you there for that thought at all. I mean, that, that's one of the better running back, uh, you know, duos. And we saw Brees Hall. I mean, his ability, big play, home run hitter, you know, it, it's pretty damn good. And we're missing a name, too, on the Jets roster uh, that I feel like is uh, uh, another – oh, yeah, Bam Knight. We got it. Uh, he's we a, said Bam Knight. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just – I blanked on his name for a second. Yeah, you should be. I, I am sorry. You should be. All right. Uh, All right. I'm going to go to Green Bay next. I'm going to go there. I mean, I, they, they, they have one of the best two-headed monsters in the game right now. You got Aaron Jones, home run hitter, 60-yard touchdowns, can run between the tackles pretty well, and then, of course, can catch the ball to the backfield. And then you got a guy like A.J. Dillon who is truly a between-the-tackles power, you know, powerhouse that way. You know, that, that's a good you know, complement to each other in two different styles and elements they can bring to the offense. Uh, that's a pretty damn good backfield, at least as far as two running backs go right there. I, uh, uh, Where are you gonna I'm going to go? go out on a limb here. And Pete's been, Pete's been doing a good job of putting the board together with our choices. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs under the assumption that they bring back Jarek McKinnon because Isaiah Pacheco, as you know, yeah. is one of my favorite players in the NFL. He runs with a determination and a just raw force that we don't see from a lot of guys. And we saw the Chiefs rely more on the running game last year. And McKinnon is, I think, woefully underrated. He's a free agent. Hey, guys, out there, evaluators, GMs, coaches, you want to you wanna take a little piece out of the Chiefs? You want to you wanna soak some of their magic away? Sign Jarek McKinnon before he goes back there on a team-friendly deal. He's available. Go get him. The guy has proven that he can get it done. I'm not saying make him your feature guy, but he's proven he can get it done. Big play after big play. Timely moment. Right spot. Making it happen. He's the guy that caught that weird little flip pass and took it to the end zone 50 yards or so against the Broncos yeah. for the Chiefs. He's done great things. You know, he had a promising start to his career. He had the knee injuries in San Francisco, and he's just kind of there. He gets forgotten, I, I think, that that folks are sleeping on him, and I think he's going to be back with the Chiefs, and he's going to make that backfield even better. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. Uh, I love Pacheco. You know, I like Kyle Edwards-Hilaire and what he brings. McKinnon, you add that to the mix, that's really damn good. I mean, it, it's a little bit of a challenge flag type of pick there. You're taking liberties and right. adding a guy that's right. a free agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's your show, I guess. When you're the freaking king, you can do whatever you want. All right, you jerk. All right, I'm going to go... Well, I'm, I mean, again, there might be teams with more depth here and more teams to talk about, but uh, I, I think I'm still going to go with the group, the two in Minnesota. I, I am. I mean, Dalvin Cook is still a special running back. You know, you can argue whether he's worth $12 million a year anymore. Okay. But damn him along with Alexander Madison, I don't know. I don't know if there's a duo out there that jumps out to me that's more dangerous than those two. So I like those two right there. Yeah, there's just a weird uncertainty that's hovering around yeah. Dalvin Cook. Two million of his salary for this year is now fully guaranteed. 
But when they when they give Madison the contract, they've got Ty Chandler that I think they like. Yeah. What are they going to do with Dalvin Cook? Are they going to squeeze him to take less? Are they going to do what happened with Thielen where they cut him and he goes somewhere else and he gets a pretty good contract and you kind of look like maybe you were premature? I want to pick the Dolphins. I am going to pick the Dolphins okay. for the same reason you picked the 49ers. You've got multiple guys. Yeah. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., Miles Gaskin, and and Salvin Ahmed. Yeah, you've got guys that are interchangeable, and you've got a commitment to the run as a big part of what you do offensively. It's the Shanahan approach. It doesn't matter who they are. You're not going to have the best running back in football on the Dolphins, but collectively they're going to be among the best. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. It's 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 and then and, you know even that yeah it might not have that one marquee guy. But, you know, with Wilson and Modster, they have true big pie ability. We saw that last year. And, yeah, they're committed to the run, and they do it by committee. It's, it's, that's a pretty damn good four you just mentioned there. Quick break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, so, Chris, we have to make good on our vow to get clock radios after the show. I have gotten feedback, both by text message from my cousin who listens every day, emails. The prevailing thread is get the one that projects the time on the ceiling. Now, I don't know that my wife's going to go for that because she needs it to be as dark as possible so she can sleep. Right. So I don't know how she'll feel about a bat signal with the time on it on the ceiling. But uh, that's I haven't an seen that one. I'm going to explore my options okay. while, I, while I drink my coffee and eat my breakfast. I'm having a piece of pizza for breakfast, by the way. Uh, great for your Crohn's. So really I'm going to find good. a good clock radio. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll send one. Maybe I'll order one for you. Maybe you'll get a gift. Okay. And it will be ticking. I don't want the bat signal one. It will signal be ticking one. by design. Okay. I don't want the bat signal <laughs> one. All right. Just a normal clock. That's See all I want. It's See coming. Ya. Get ready. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 